We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Wednesday, August 3rd. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. Got some awesome stuff coming up with DailyThunder.com. Crossover stuff with the Uncontested. So keep your eyes peeled out for that. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. We've got my guy, J.D. Silva, next to me tonight. Fellas. We've also got Taylor Peterson along. If the uh, listeners are tuning in live, they might mistake us for an OU football podcast. But no, that is our friend Kamiar <laughs> over at CC Machine, and I believe they're they're recording around this time as well. Yeah, probably stealing live viewers from us. Yeah, bastards. what the heck, Kamiar? <laughs> hey, before we get started, it's it's August third. There is no NBA stuff at all happening. I mean, I guess Poku's not playing for Serbia. Oh, let's do a deep. Let's dive. break nope, this down. We're for not doing minutes. that. Um, I do think we're going to have an NBA schedule out probably in the next like seven to 10 days, seven to 10 business days. So be on the lookout for that. A little morsel of content. We will have fun. I think whenever they drop the schedule, they also drop what networks they'll be on. So we'll get to see, do the Thunder get any nationally televised games. So we'll break all that down whenever that eventually comes out. Before we kick off the show tonight, though, some pretty pretty special news, as, as at least as far as I'm concerned. For the uncontested, if you have ever tuned in to the uncontested live on social media, on on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, if you have ever met any of us in person, uh, I think you would find out very quickly that we are all big fans of hats. We all wear a good hat. We all wear hats all the time. And so we sat around and we thought, why don't we make uncontested hats? And then, ladies and gentlemen, we did it. If you're live on the stream, you can see the hats previewed here live. Um, they have a big U on the front. Thunder U, the uncontested. Why not both? It just works. 
They are uh, our our guy Justin is is just a wizard with these things. So we are going to order some hats. They are not going to be available in our Cotton Bureau store. Cotton Bureau does not make hats. So we are running a pre-order on these hats. Basically, we have to buy them up front. So we're going to buy X amount, but we want to run a pre-order for anybody who wants a hat so we can get one to you, get it mailed out to you, and you can rep the uncontested. Um, Rommel in the chat says, maybe get some beanies Ooh. as well. That would be dope. Maybe we'll get on that. I promise. Um, but the hats are going to be pre-order only for right now. We may order a handful extra in case somebody else wants one after the pre-orders run. But if you are some watching... Giveaways. Yeah, for giveaways, <laughs> things like that. If you are watching live on the stream tonight, uh, Silva right now is dropping the link to the pre-order form in the chat. So make sure you go hit up that link, uh, fill it out, and we will get your hat pre-ordered and ready for you. And that will also be blasted all over social media once this podcast goes up. So be on the lookout for that as well. Not to completely change the subject, uh, but circling back up on your original point, Jacob, <laughs> while you were going through the hats, I was scrolling through uh, Matt Moore, HP Basketball's Twitter account. Uh, and this is what he said. This was two days ago, technically three days ago, because Twitter's weird with their, you know, their days since tweet. Anyways, he said, as a heads up, NBA schedule should be out next week. So that would be this coming week for those of you listening uh, tonight or tomorrow on Thursday. Not source, but pre-pandemic, the release date was on or around August 10th. And we're back on a normal schedule finally. So, sorry, not to distract from the awesome hat news. I just uh, wanted to throw that out there. There you go. I found Get it. yourself a Thunder hat. Get the the Thunder the schedule. Thunder schedule. You can wear the hat to the games. It's, it's a win, win, win. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Hey, I just thought of this. Typically, this is a conversation we would have off the podcast, <laughs> but we're so starved for content. We're going to have it right here on the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> at the beginning of last season, we hosted a watch party out at Prairie with our buddies out at Prairie. We are planning on doing that again early this season on a Friday or Saturday night game, hosting a live watch party for uh, all Thunder fans who want to come out. How do you guys feel about everybody who wears an uncontested shirt or an uncontested hat to the watch party? Gets a free beer on us. I like that, it. Does that include me? An additional free beer. Does that include? <laughs> sure, Silva. If you wear a hat and a shirt, do you get two beers? That's a great deal. <laughs> I think we'll do it. I think we'll do it. So go snag your uncontested hats. Uh, and and just so our listeners know, we are aiming to make like $0 profit off of this. Um, the cost to get the hats made, uh, to ship them out, it's is going to come out to about 30 bucks, a little over 30 bucks. That's exactly what we're selling them as. We are going to make next to nothing on profit, maybe like 50 cents a hat. Our goal was to get these ordered just because we we think they're cool. We're buying some. We wanted you guys to be able to buy some too. Uh, so go snatch one up. It would mean a lot to us. It'd be really cool to see those hats out in the wild. Gentlemen, let's talk some Thunder basketball. Again, not a whole lot to talk about. We're not going to dive into Poku <laughs> Serbia stuff. Dang it. I promise you that. I thought tonight we could chat some bigger picture stuff. And the bigger picture topic I wanted to cover tonight is Thunder lineups. We still don't even know what the final roster is. They still need to make roster cuts. 
I don't think the roster cuts are going to have any effect on what the eight, nine, ten man rotation will look like. So that is what I wanted to dive into tonight. Who do we think are the five starters? Who are the five guys that are going to come off the bench? We know they're going to rotate young guys and get them all burn, but especially early season from mid-October up until Christmas time, who are the the players that we see getting minutes, um, being in the rotation? What do they have to do to keep their spot? What would hap- have to happen for them to lose their spot? Et cetera, et cetera. I figured this would just be a fun thought exercise for us to talk through and for the fans to listen to as far as where we see this roster at and these lineups coming up uh, moving forward. And obviously, you don't just play your five starters and then your five bench guys. Lineups are all mixed and matched. So I want to talk about some lineups, some specific lineups we're looking forward to seeing as I well. Like that. Taylor, why don't you kick us off? I mean, I, I think the majority of our, I don't want to call it debate, but maybe like the the real juicy stuff will come when we're talking uh, the bench because I think we pretty much know at least four of the starting five. I think we all will be in agreement on who that fifth player will be in the starting mm-hmm. five, but uh, I think there is certainly some debate still on that that fifth spot. Yeah, well, let's, let, let's start there then. I mean, I know that it's probably going to be consensus here, but I think it's still a good practice for us to Absolutely. talk through why we think it's going to be that. Yeah, so you obvious ones. We have Shea, we have Giddy, we have Lou Dort, we have Alexi Pokashevsky. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shea, <laughs> Lou, Giddy. Um, obviously, Chet's going to be starting as a rookie. And then I think what I, what I was referring to there was JRE versus Baisley. Baisley's been a starter essentially since his, his rookie season as well. Um, had some good minutes, although very inconsistent. Extremely inconsistent last season. And, you know, we've talked about this ever since the Thunder drafted Chet. We feel like, and especially after you, you two and Nick went to summer league and kind of got to watch these guys play together down low and in the front court for OKC. But we, us three here really think that JRE makes more sense. And so, yeah, we, we can kind of dive into why that is, what frustrates us the most about Baisley, although we'll try not to sound like a broken record because I know longtime yeah. listeners heard us talk a lot about that and those like inconsistencies last season. Which one of you want to start us off with, with Baisley versus JRE in that starting lineup? Yeah, JRE, I think works so well with Chet for several reasons. Number one, and this is the biggest advantage JRE has over a guy like Darius Baisley, is is JRE's decision-making, both on offense and defense. He's not gambling as much. Uh, He's making the right passes. He knows who to get the ball to on offense. Um, He's not doing some insane off-the-dribble stuff and breaking up the flow of the offense. It's not what JRE does. JRE knows his role to a T. And he's not doing a spin move and losing the ball and flying it out of bounds like five rows up. Yeah, not chaining like three <laughs> drill moves together and doing some up and under. Triple pump basket. fake, jab step, yeah. jab step. Yeah, and JRE, from a physicality standpoint, I think he can guard larger guys than Baisley can because of how strong and stocky he is. Um, and that's the kind of guy you want next to Chet, who is, of course, lanky as hell. Uh, that's that's the main reason why. Do you guys think anything else? No, I think for me, it's defensively, Silva. Um I think if you were starting a more lumbering guy in the front court, like a Derek Favors, I think Darius Baisley is a great guy to pair with him. That way you have some length and, and switchability and versatility next to a guy that's not as mobile like Derek Favors. But when you have Chet Holmgren, who I think is going to be able to pretty seamlessly switch between guarding the four and the five, is going to be able to rotate over and block shots 
is going to be able to contain out on the perimeter hedge switch uh, and just probably destroy drop coverage. I mean, he's going to be an insane drop coverage type of guy. I think defensively, I would prefer JRE next to Chet for the reason Silva just hit on. Even though he slimmed up a little bit, that doesn't mean he lost any of that strength. I think he is stockier. He weighs like 250. And that's the exact type of guy you want for whenever Joel Embiid tries to just turn around, stick his ass out, and back you down to the block. Or whenever Nikola Jokic uh, puts his back in you, leans into you, and tries to get that, that high post spot where he can facilitate from. I think those are the places where you really want Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, Baisley did a good job defending primarily like bench fives last year and defending the mm-hmm. rim. Mm-hmm. But he is not going to be able to stand up to some of those more elite centers. Um, and really, there's not a lot of those guys that I'm necessarily worried about defending. Like, yeah. if you're playing the Hawks, I want Chet playing the five and guarding Clint Capella because Clint Capella is not putting you in the post. Clint Capella wants to run pick and roll and catch lobs. And I think Chet can guard that very well. Uh, same thing with a guy incredibly like... well. Yeah, same thing with a guy like Rudy Gobert. Like, I'm perfectly fine having Chet play the five and guard Rudy. There's not a lot of centers in the league that it really scares me with Chet, but there's some where I think having that strength is going to be so important. And so starting JRE and make no mistake about it. Jeremiah last year, I think also proved that he is a very good switch defender. I remember specifically a game in November against the Brooklyn Nets. Whenever Jeremiah got switched on a pick and roll on James Harden, this man hiked his shorts up, spaced his legs out. I'm doing this like in my, in my podcast room right now. (laughs) Jesus. And got his, clip that right there, got his butt down like six inches off the floor (laughs) and just got that low leverage and like moved his feet real fast to stay in front of James. Lord have mercy. I'm about to bust. I said at that moment, I was like, that is exactly what you want from Jeremiah defensively. A guy that can bang down low, who can use his body to deter people from pushing him under the basket, but can also in a pinch switch out onto a guard and he's not going to be elite, but if he can contain, that's all you want. I agree with you. (laughs) Hey, in Jacob's defense, you had a thought there earlier, Jacob, and my initial response, what I was going to say is like the, you know, one of the main things that gets you most excited about JRE is his hips. And then I thought (laughs) internally, you know, I probably should rephrase that. Uh, (laughs) Those hips don't lie, baby. That's right. The hips don't lie with JRE, but uh, I think you covered that really well in terms of his, I mean, we talked about this last season, but when he's, he's going out to defend a a player on the perimeter, especially for somebody his size, we see him chopping those feet early, which is key, and then dropping those hips. I mean, his butt is almost touching the floor for a player his size. That, that, it really is pretty impressive and, and is fun to watch. Um, almost gives you some of those Lou Dort vibes in, in the way he's aggressive with his body and, and mm-hmm. D up to finish on the, on the perimeter. But hey, the not, only other. Not to cut you off real quick, Taylor, but the uncontested needs to make a Jeremiah Robinson Earl switch defense highlight reel to. Uh, I forget the the artist, but let me see those hips swing. I'll drop it <laughs> That's low. a throwback. Let me see those hips swing. Oh God. 
<laughs> Major yeah. throwback. Man, who does think that? Uh, oh, no, gosh, dang it. This is going to bug me now. Uh, I'll look it up here soon. <laughs> it's going to bug me if I don't. Anyway. <laughs> But uh, the the only other thing I'm thinking about when in, in regards to to pairing um, to pairing Jerry alongside Chet, especially on the defensive end of the floor, is we've talked a little bit about this. There's been some, I think, some national people who have wrote about this. Is like Chet almost on defense plays more of that. And it, I guess he's at his best when he's playing that free safety kind of role. And what I mean by that is we see him come out of nowhere and do those volleyball swats, you know, mm-hmm. against the backboard. Um, He's best when he has the ability to roam and anticipate lobs like we talked about, shots like we talked about. You need somebody alongside him, like a Jerry, who's fundamentally sound, but also has a solid base, to Jacob's point, that can stay under the basket and, and defend that post player that basically gives Chet the ability to be able to to gamble a little more, play to his strengths without, you know, giving up uh giving up wide open shots at the basket. So that's the other reason I really like JRE. Now, all that being said, from an offensive standpoint and even just a shot blocking standpoint. It will be fun to see some Baisley and Chet front court lineups just to see what they're capable of. And like I said, see those long arms flying everywhere. Uh, but I think JRE is the obvious choice and, and probably will be closing games with Chet as well. Before yeah. we move on, just the the new JRE theme song. <laughs> you found it. Savage. I, yes, oh, if the Paycom Center would pay, play that every time JRE like made a bucket, I would lose my mind. Oh my God. <laughs> Taylor, I thought you hit on all great points there with JRE. And Silva, you had touched on it earlier, but offensively, you've got a lot of mouths to feed in that starting lineup. Josh preferably needs to play with the ball in his hands and set guys up for easy baskets. You want Shea shooting the basketball. You want Shea creating. You want Shea getting players in isolation. You want Shea playing off the ball and getting catching a pass in an attack position. You want Lou shooting corner threes. You want him barreling to the basket. You've got Chet Holmgren, who is this unicorn who can shoot mid-range fadeaways, who can run pick and rolls, pick and pops, everything. I don't know if putting a Darius Baisley, who for three years we've seen does not want to settle into an offensive role and wants to experiment, that doesn't feel like the cleanest fit. Whereas a Jeremiah Robinson Earl who wants to screen, wants to catch and shoot, and wants to crash the glass, that's kind of exactly what you want next to all those other pieces. Yeah, the guy that JRE was offensively as soon as he walked into the NBA is the guy we've wanted Baisley to be the entire time as far as a role and decision-making standpoint. And that just really comes down to being a play finisher instead of a guy that's trying to get his own shot. Not all the time because Bays, I think, limited himself finally. I think being put on the bench kind of made him realize like, oh, maybe I should stop doing so much. Uh, But even then, I think JRE is probably a better – I think I feel just as as fine with JRE as a shooter than I do Bays. Uh, I'm looking at their percentages right now. Bays was 29%. Jerry was 35%. So, I mean, Jerry did a lot better uh, there. And I, I trust Jerry around the basket too. Uh, he was dunking a lot more when we watched him in summer league than I remember him dunking last year. Well, Silva, you just said he was the player coming in last season that we wanted Baisley to be. I think at summer league, Jerry is the offensive player we want on this team. Yeah. I mean, w- 
it was one of those final summer league games where he got like what like 14 and 12 mm-hmm. and all those baskets were on running in transition cutting and shooting open threes yeah just fill fill the lane fill your role and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited to i keep we keep bringing up the grant williams pj tucker comparison but i really hope he can end up being that type of guy I think that's spot on from an offensive standpoint. And I guess kind of going back to Baisley in terms of his offensive game, I think a listener, uh, a live viewer, Hamish, uh, he mentioned this well, or he, he mentioned like kind of the same thought that I had. It'll be interesting to see if Baisley's role is more defined. And I go back to that as well. Something you mentioned, Silva, is like, you know, Baisley's role last year after he kind of got, what's the word I'm looking for, relegated <laughs> back to the bench yeah, and back yeah. to the bench. Uh, Silva and I have been talking a lot of, <laughs> a lot of international football. Uh, yeah, Chelsea FC, go Blues. Anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> once he did, you know, kind of find that bench role, he he started to play better. And he earned that starting role back, although granted there were some injuries, other things going on. Still, he he certainly looked better, but that reminded me of his freshman. Jeez. See, I'm, I'm thinking OU football recruiting. His rookie <laughs> year, where he came in with a much more defined role, um, where he's playing alongside guys like Chris Paul, and he looked great in that regard so i do wonder if like some, a lot of our frustrations from the past couple of seasons are due to basically being on a quote-unquote tanking team having more of a longer leash i hate using that term but it's kind of the best one i can think of and maybe we do see a, a more defined basically or a more defined role for basically this season and, and we might be speaking much more highly of him in that regard you know and, and some of the lines he'll be a part of still none of that changes my opinion on on JRE starting and hopefully playing the majority of minutes alongside your uh, alongside Chet. Um, whenever you look at last year's draft class, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, um, as far as minutes played per game, fifteenth in the class. That was kind of surprising to me, to be honest. And twenty first in the class in overall total minutes, even though he only played forty nine games. Interesting. That, both those numbers were just really surprising to me. Yep. So we've got five guys in the rotation. And technically six, because you know, one of JRE or Baisley, right, would have to be so basically. Yeah, I, I think let's let's say because we've talked a lot of JRE in, in the JRE Baisley debate. Yep. So let's talk Bayes, but not right this second. I think for the next five guys to round out a rotation, and again, we're talking like early season rotation here. Let's draft him. Oh, I like it. Okay, yeah. I like it. So, Silva, uh, since Taylor started us off with the starters, why don't you start us off? You get first pick on the bench draft. Again, this isn't like who you want to see. This is who do we think are going to be the mainstays of the rotation for early season next year. I'm glad you clarified uh, that versus who we want to see because that does change my pick. I think we aren't including Baisley here, right? We're going to – so that would be six players. We're starting at seven. No, we've got five. We've got five. We're okay, doing yeah, five sorry. more. Gotcha. Basley is included gotcha. in this now. Gotcha. I think, sorry. Uh, I think with my first pick of this draft, then being the Thunder's sixth man definitively for the entire season, playing a lot of minutes, I think is going to be Trey Mann. I think uh, coming into his second year, still only twenty years old, um, struggled in summer league for sure, uh, but really balled out and exploded a lot offensively towards the end of last year. I remember I've watched that game versus the Celtics in person. Uh, it was nuts to see, and I think that is his. That's going to be his his role, sixth man for this team moving forward. Do you guys agree? Silva, can you take a guess out of? Well, this is kind of difficult. I'm going to have to remove some of the uh, the noise here, which I can do. Um, okay, 
as far as minutes per game last season? Where did Trey Mann land? Yeah. On, on, on the Thunder team, like his ranking, I, was he first? Yeah. Was he 15th? And again, taking out the noise, the Xavier Simpsons, the Kalazakis, yeah. the Melvin Frazier's, the Jalen Hordes. I had to close out of my basketball reference page or I didn't look accidentally. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess... Ooh, that, that is eight? really hard. Okay, so with all the noise in there, all the players that played like the final five games, he's 11th. Oh, but if you wow. take out those four guys, that jumps him up. 11 minus four is seven. Okay. Seventh yeah. on the team at 22.8. So basically 23 minutes a game. And that makes a lot of sense because we talk, talked a lot about his early stint with the, not early stint, I mean, uh, early season stint, but it was a fairly significant stint there with the blue mm-hmm. where Dignall sent him down, the coaching staff and, and Pressy sent him down to gain some of that confidence, uh, primarily defensively. We also gave him a little more room to perform offensively as well. That's when we saw him come back with a little more confidence in that step back, that three-point shot. But the big thing there was the defense. We saw him hone that in, and he earned more and more playing time, the more and more comfortable Dignall and, and the coaching staff got with his defense on that end of the ball. So I think that's a, a really good one there, Silva. Uh, any more trade man thoughts? Because I, I think this is where, it, like, JRE and Baisley was one I knew we were going to spend a lot of time on. Mm-hmm. But I think these next two we're going to spend a lot of time on, on as well. Um, but I don't want to transition us yet. If you guys have more Trey man thoughts. Yeah. My, my Trey man thought is, I don't know if he's like first guy off the bench, every game getting sixth man minutes, sixth man. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yes. Yeah. I I think he might be in the running there, but here is, is my thought. Personally, I believe that Teo Maladon is going to be one of the cuts. Um, I don't think that Ty Jerome is going to get many minutes. I think Ty Jerome might be a cut or he's going to be like your 15th guy on the bench or whatever. Yeah. In that last game or two last two games of summer league, whenever Josh didn't play, they ran Trey, uh, Trey man at point. They had him be like the lead initiator. I wonder if they were putting him in their role. He looked, that was his best game of summer league. Yes. I wonder if they're putting him in that role because they want him to be that lead initiator when Shea and Josh are both off the court. Or at least co-lead initiator uh, with, with, with the ne- next guy we talk about. But I agree completely there. And I think back to, obviously, the very uh, his his season or his two seasons with Florida, he was listed primarily as, as a point guard. Mm-hmm. And in fact, some of the apps that you go to during the, the early season with OKC listed him as, as point guard because that was his position in college. And we, we've seen him play a little more off ball, but he's obviously strongest when he has the ball in his hands and he's creating his own shot. But we, we've seen that he can distribute a little bit as well. So all that being said, I, I agree completely. That's like really exciting for me as a Thunder fan to think that Trey could have a little more uh, ability to be able to create for himself and others with the ball in his hand. Definitely. So, all right. So we've got six guys now, the five starters, which we included Jeremiah Robinson or Earl and... Trey Mann. Taylor, you want to pick pick two or you want me to take pick two? I mean, I want to, but we'll go clockwise. You deserve it. Okay. I, I, I don't think I'm picking your guy for what it's worth. Okay. Interesting. Oh. Uh, I'm going Kenrich Williams. Oh, wow. interesting. I mean, wow. super fair. I'm not pushing back. Holy cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kenrich is going to be an absolute mainstay in the 10-man, 9-man, 8-man rotation. He's just... He, 
not very many ways to say he's just too damn good. You're like, right. He is solid. He is an older vet. He is incredibly consistent. You know what you're going to get. An older out of vet him. who's not that old. He's 27. He's the vet. <laughs> uh, Kenrich played in 49 games last year. Uh, he played 21.9 minutes per game, so about a minute less than Trey. Back to Trey real quick, Silva. I told you 22.8 for minutes. Is that mm-hmm. going up or down? Um, Up by a, a little bit. I think it might be 24, 25. Okay. I think, I think between 23 and 24 is probably where he lands. Mm-hmm. That's just my, my yeah. personal belief. I think Kenny's might go up a little bit from the 22. That starting lineup we talked about, the oldest player is 24, and he just turned 24. That's absurd. And then in my mind, we decided to do this draft for the bench, but if I could have picked my five bench guys straight up, they were going to be young. I think throwing Kenrich Williams, the 27-year-old vet, um, the according to the head coach, the leader of the locker room, the dude that has everybody's attention and everybody's respect, I just see wants to retire him, in OKC. I just yeah. see him getting a lot of burn. I think a lot of these younger players, I was going to say kids, and really, shit. I mean, I'm old. I'm 32 now. Like these are kids. They look up to Kenrich Williams. Like whenever times get rough, whenever they just need life advice, it's apparently it's Kenrich Williams. He's the guy in that locker room that has everybody's attention. I think he's going to get a lot of burn. I think he is incredibly important not only in the locker room, but on the floor. He can do everything you need. You want him to go guard De'Aaron Fox? Cool. You want him to go out there and guard Anthony Davis? Cool. Like, he will do whatever. He is the epitome of get your hard hat and your lunch pail and just go punch the clock. Uh, he's the guy that Thunder needed for their their entire title run. Uh, from I could the, never from, get, yeah. I could never get. They I, were hoping Josh Hustis could be Kenrich Williams. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. We got our we got our Kenrich. Now and that, any other Kenrich thoughts from you guys? It's a really great point. Yeah. Uh just kind of making a funny point. I'm a twenty seven and I just like can't even imagine Kenrich seems so much older than that. Like I I, I even in, in, It's the uh, Jerry I mean, Curl. T- I think it is. Yeah. Like years. I'm told that I, I mean, look, our listeners get a more funny laid back side of me, but like I've been told that I'm like I mature for my age, like growing mm-hmm. up and stuff. And I feel like Kenrich is like 10 times more mature. Can you imagine being a leader of an NBA locker room with these guys making like, look, with all due respect to Kenrich, who probably deserves to still be paid way more, making like way more money than you are, like millions more than you are. And you're like, I mean, they're looking, I don't know. It's just a, a <laughs> Kenrich is, try and put Kenrich is calling shoes. out Shay's on his bullshit. And Kenrich is calling him out while Shay yeah, is pocketing right. like, God, I don't even know how much money hey, that dude is Kenrich making. Kenrich is walking but... up to Shay and it's like, you owe me another million tonight. Because yeah. you missed that defensive assignment. Yeah, now, Jacob, <laughs> I think you had the stoic and level-headed take putting Kenrich here. I think I had, if it were me, I would have let personal feelings get in the way and would have put someone else here. Uh, yeah. This is this is the right take, though, the more I think about it. Uh, I, I agree completely. And, yeah. and so, Silva, to your point, like when you mentioned, or when you took Trey, I was debating between another player, which I'll go ahead and take here quickly. But yeah. um, I, to Jacob's point, I think Kenrich absolutely – I was saying it was going to be a two-man debate on who that next player would be. I think Kenrich deserves to be in that same exact conversation. And it really makes you wonder, too, if you're putting in a Kenrich in that lineup. I'm not talking early on in the season, but like as the season progresses, I mean, that is a really <laughs> – there's some really solid lineups that this Thunder team can throw out there if they choose to. 
I guess is what I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, and, and Taylor, before you take your next pick, I think this is a perfect spot because I think everyone kind of knows what direction we're going to go from our bias from this podcast. I think this is a perfect spot real quick uh, to take a moment to tell everybody about the sponsors for the week. Um, so Silva, can we cue that up real quick? Of course. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the uncontested podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man step back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shay Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Before we move on with Taylor's pick, one more thing to add. We talked about at the beginning of the show. Just throwing it in here again. Make sure you go pre-order your uncontested hat. They are not available at Cotton Bureau. So go pre-order your hat. Uh, If you're watching the stream live right now, you can find the Google form link in the comments. And then if you are listening to the podcast version, go hit any of our social channels. You can find the image of the hat and the pre-order form on our social channels. Go hit that hit that up, pre-order your hat. We will get them mailed out to you ASAP. We are super excited. Uh, now, Taylor, you no, get- No, you're good. I, I, I was, you get that's what I was, I was going to do that. Um, so I'm glad you did. Oh, uh, I was going to mention sorry. the hats as well, just because, no, 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 I'm glad you did. Uh, we got the full image and everything. Really excited about those. I might order a couple. Um, <laughs> got one for Monday and one for Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, no, I'll wait. Gym, I'll wait until one we get for the game. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I can't be sweating in my one for game day. One when I mow the lawn. <laughs> one when I'm making baby number two. 
One for the free beer at Prairie. Hey, yeah, uh, that, that's <laughs> Silva's going to be swapping out hats at Prairie for a free beer. <laughs> My guy Silva's going to be pounding beers at Prairie <laughs> with all of his uncontested swag. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> sorry, I, I distracted us yet again. We getting back on track. I, obviously, I think a, a lot of our listeners probably know who I was referring to prior to the to the ad break. But I'm going to take J Dub here, Jalen Williams, Alice Santa Clara. He's the one I kind of thought we would debate with Trey Mann, but Jacob brought up a good point in regards to Kenrich Williams, which just makes me even like more excited about that that backup lineup or the, the second string lineup, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you do have Trey Mann on as a quote-unquote lead ball handler, we know that's not how the Thunder play. Obviously, a lot of those guys are going to be just kind of taking the ball and going with it, uh, can create for themselves as well as their teammates. And J-Dub is just another one of those players. A little bit older in regards to like the past couple of seasons, the, the players that uh, that – Presley has taken. He's, is he 21 or 22? J-Dub, I, I need to look that up. I do too. Regardless, not old by any means, but older in regards to like Poku when he was drafted or, uh, you know, even Chet this season and just looked extremely impressive in summer league. His ability to be able to create, uh, that that still needs, uh, being like a, a lead ball handler, that, that still needs a little bit of work. But we know who he grew up doing that before he had his big growth spurt that we talked a lot about <laughs> at, towards the end of high school and, and into his, his freshman year at, at Santa Clara. But the other thing, you know, we, we talked about spot shooting Jacob's 21. Thank you, Kieran. <laughs> so still fairly young, obviously, but I think can, can plug and play with those guys almost seamlessly. Like I, I think we will see a lot of lineups with J dub that plugged in with some of the starters even. And it's exciting that we saw him. You guys have to see him live. You know, some of his explosiveness that we didn't get to see in college really kind of threw all of us off guard was fantastic. But the high basketball IQ of the off-ball cuts, the off-ball movement, moving without the ball in his hands is key, which also, you know, leads us to uh, getting open for shots around the perimeter as well, not just cutting to the basket. You know, I, I think he was, well, it was something ridiculous, very, very low attempts, but it was like 48% from on spot-up threes in college. Um, it's not going to be that high in the NBA, Right, but that still shows a lot of potential and shows his ability, I think, to be able to get open without the ball in his hands. Just I keep mentioning, and the defensive end, like he really shined on that side of the ball as well uh, during summer league, which is not something we really anticipated, and not something a lot of scouts mentioned as a strength, more so a weakness during the the pre draft process. And so, I just I, he, you know, we, he has those tools that he can utilize, like a ridiculous wingspan for for his size. Just a lot of exciting things to be excited about with J Dub. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him with some of those starters. But it's going to be going to be so interesting. Like if he does progress, like we hope he does, as excited and as high as we are in Trey Mann, and then you have a player like Kenrich Williams, is who is kind of like a more tenured J Dub in a way. But J Dub obviously possesses a little more upside on both ends of the floor. Like how do you balance all those minutes? Do, do you get to a point, let's say, you know, January, right before All Star break, or maybe even right after All Star break? I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this. Like, do you start to sit Kenrich again a little more? I'm not saying sit him completely, but in order for J Dub to get more of those developmental minutes, like how do you balance throwing out a veteran like Kenrich to balance that lineup compared to just giving J Dub the ability to grow into a Kenrich role and even more, right? And maybe even surpassing a Trey man. Yeah, J Dub feels like a swing player, a big swing player for me on this on the bench. I think the Thunder's biggest issue with being such a young team is that a lot of their scoring output feels like theoretical. Uh, Shea, we know what it is. Dort, we basically know what it is. But Giddy, Chet, Trey Man, J Dub, a lot of their scoring is like 
it's all a lot of it is upside. You don't really know what you're going to get night to night. And J Dub feels like okay, he could come in being being 21, being one of the older being one of the older guys on the bench probably, um, and he could really consistently put points on the board, and that could be huge for this team if he and Kenrich and one other guy on the bench are scoring. Uh, I think this that helps the team's offense tremendously because they felt they fell off a cliff a lot whenever they were missing uh, a Shea or a Dort last season. So I I, I really wonder. And he didn't score a ton in summer league. I don't think that was really his role out there. He's just kind of seemed to be like a glue guy and a play finisher. Uh, I wonder how many shots he's going to be putting up off the bench. Well, and I think he's so versatile that if one night he needs to score, he can do that. If one night he needs to go in and just defend and rebound, he can do that. If one night he needs to go in and really facilitate and play point guard, he like he's just so versatile. He can fill all of those roles. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. If anybody in the starting lineup is out, you can put J Dub in and he can fill that role for you. Right? He's just he is so versatile and so many different things that he does that I think he can do he kind of a, a, a jack of all trades type of guy. He's a Swiss Army knife. And that's what I you mentioned Kenrich Jacob. And that was I'm so glad that you took him before because it just fits in seamless seamlessly. Like that's I don't want to say that's the kind of player we envision Jada being, you know, three, four seasons in, into his career. Because like I said, I do think, and this is probably the optimist in me, but I think a lot of people would agree he possesses more off uh more upside, especially offensively. But still, like he he fits that same similar kind of mold. And so for him to be able to learn from McKenrich, hopefully long term, especially after Kenrich's new extension as well as playing on the floor with him. I mean, you can't have enough of those guys. We've talked so much about yeah. that and the kind of players that Presley's targeting. I mean, I'm just excited about Kenrich and J-Dub lineups with like Trey Mann being the backup point guard, right? Like Definitely. it's going to be a ton and of fun. You, you've kind of compared J-Dub to Kenrich here a few times, Taylor. I could be way wrong and I could end up looking like an idiot and I'm okay with that. Like at the beginning, whenever we first started the uncontested, I was always afraid of having the wrong take. Like, Forgive me. I just don't give a shit anymore. Like if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah, I do that every but podcast. <laughs> I, a few weeks ago, I made the comp. J-Dub's measurements and physical profile are almost identical to Mikael Bridges. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be the defender of Mikael Bridges. I think he's going to be like 10 to 15% worse defensively, but 10 to 15% better offensively, especially at shot creation that it's going to kind of balance out. I see him as a more versatile offensive Mikhail. Yeah, I, and I love that. Yeah, Mikhail, I, I, people forget this, but Mikhail was supposed to be a great shooter right out of the gate, but he wasn't for the first two seasons. I think he was right at 30% or a little bit below 30% in year one. Year two was still like 32%. Uh, and how, how old was Mikhail when he came in the league? I think Older, like 22. I was going to say 22. I think you guys looked this up. Uh, maybe when we were just talking like off podcast one time. Um, but hey, like while you guys are looking that up, Jacob, it, it, if you're throwing that out there thinking you're going to look like an idiot, he I, was I don't think so. He year one. Uh, Jalen's a year younger. That makes sense. It's even better, more upside. Uh, I say that sarcastically, but still, hey, I'm going, I think Silva is not in his head saying the same. We'll, we'll back you up on that. I, I love that comparison, that comp. Like you said, I, J-Dub can be a solid defender, I think, just due to his tools and the way his, his smart basketball You said defender? 
Yeah, defender. Dude, the, um, the seven two and a half inch wingspan as a six six player. It's stupid. Like it's that insane. is he's got a bigger wingspan than McHale does, and McHale's known for his wingspan defensively. But I don't know, like to your earlier point, if he'll ever be he just doesn't quite have that same instinct defensively. But who knows? Like, right? Like maybe well, that could we say that way like, too early to say. I know it's only summer league, but I watched him lock up Jabari Smith Jr. and block a 6'10 guy's turnaround jump shot. So, yep. He does it in a different way, which is great. (laughs) I mean, it's just, he's just my point. There's so much to be excited about. He is. That's why I was curious your guys' thoughts of like him versus Trey and then Jacob throughout Kenrich. Like, I think to to your point, Jacob, why why not all three of them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's all all the above. Let's move on from J Dub. Um, I mean, we could just start a J Dub podcast. But we definitely could. <laughs> we have two more guys left, so we've got the starting five. We've got Trey Kenrich Williams, J Dub Silva. You get the next pick, and I think this is where it really gets wide open here. Uh, I want Ooh. to let the listeners know who we got on the list here, uh, and I just had it. Hold this on a is second. A lot harder than I realized it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, yeah, it, uh, it starts to get really. Really interesting here. Silva, you have to pick from Darius Baisley, Usman Jang, um, Ty Jerome, Vete Krejci, Poku. Mike Muscala, Poku, Lindy Waters, Aaron Wiggins, uh, oh, Jay Will. Man. There's yeah, a lot of guys is, uh, on this list. I mean, you need a big of some sort. Uh, you can't just keep drafting wings here. Uh, boy, uh, let me go with. My slender friend Alexi Pokushevsky. Ooh, is okay. that hot? Look, Ooh. I am, a little I am, bit. I am just more curious. The team's not going to be great this year. We're not pushing for the plan or something. So I, I think our goal should be see what see what guys have. And I feel like there is still more to more to learn, more to see with Poku, uh, rather than someone else I could have picked there. I agree with that, but I think early season Poku's got to prove it. Right. He's got to prove it. Um, I said we weren't going to talk about this at the beginning of the show, and here I am. He's not playing for Serbian national team this summer because they didn't get permission from the Thunder. Because mm-hmm. I bet the Thunder are telling him, you got to get your shit together if you want to play on this team, dude. Yep. Like, you've got to be better. And I think that's what he's focused on. I don't think a place like the G League or the Summer, Le- summer League team is a great place for him to showcase his abilities. I think he's one of those guys that like flourishes with other guys around him. I think he gets a shot at the beginning of the year. So I think I'm with you here, Silva, that, that he could play. Um, Maybe he uh, just gets the chance for like a month and then they pull him if they don't like what they see. But I think he gets an opportunity to start the year. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing too, is like, yes, we're doing this, just for the exercise, but like when it comes to the the early season, particularly, or even that first quarter of the season, maybe even the first half of the season, like it's not like Dignall's just going to limit this to a 10 man rotation. What we're probably going to see is these next couple of guys that we're talking about, starting with Poku, they're going to rotate in and out very, very frequently. And um, towards the, the latter part of the season, unless the Thunder go, go full tank again, or there's some terrible injuries, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera the ones who stood out the most will probably be the ones who get those minutes to Jacob's point. And that's why they're keeping Poku here this summer and, and, and 
are going to give him a shot early on to Silva's point and going ahead and drafting him at that at this spot. Yeah, yeah. That this part this at this point in the roster, which what are we on our eighth, eighth. ninth? Yeah, You're eighth number man. nine. Oh. Yeah, so number nine, number nine feels like the crossroads of the roster. Like you get there, and then that's where the fluctuation begins. Like you were saying, yep. Taylor. Yeah. Yep. Still, like if we're doing this exercise as, hey, by Christmas, let's um, go to Basketball Reference and hit that sort button by minutes played per game. This feels right for Poku to me. That's fair. Mm. You know what? This is like this is such a or has turned out to be such a great exercise. Maybe we do it again come around Christmas time yeah, and, and predict a lot of part of this, you know, and do it every quarter of the season. So you're up. I, I think we can talk about Poku with the final pick, which I have pick number 10, uh, which is Darius Baisley. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, it's hard. Like taking my personal bias of Baisley and putting it aside, like part of me thinks Mike Muscala fits better, uh, more of a traditional big man in the sense that like defensively he's more traditional, but I'm intrigued by having Baisley and Poku just kind of be your pseudo four fives. Let's not even like pigeonhole them to positions, just your quote unquote front court off the bench. And you can mix and match them with the two starting front court guys as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, but you can, you can swap those guys in and out. But I, I like Baisley. I, I think Baisley will get every opportunity in the world to start the season. I think there's a lot of redeeming basketball qualities about Baisley. I think if he has a more defined role uh, and is kind of blocked into, to, hey, we need you to be super physical. We need you to be an absolute terror on defense, protect the rim. On offense, we want you to run your ass off as soon as the the possession switches. Get out and transition. Just run. We want you to shoot corner threes, and we want you to cut and catch alley-oops. And that's it. I think he could be a bench mainstay for this team. And I think he could guard fives off the bench. I agree. Now, to that point, maybe it's not... like That's where we start talking about trades. Not that we want to see Baisley on a different team, but like you, there's some there's two or three other guys here maybe you know um we've gone through our tim and we'll give them honorable mentions right but like at a certain point if these guys show promise and maybe show a little more potential than basely or basically seems to be a little closer to a ceiling after you know uh, the first part of the season basely is one of those players who's going to have enough value i think on the market that he will be wanted by other teams and that's what we mean when we mention him in trades not that like we don't want to see basely on this team it's just that it makes it, it could potentially make more sense if, um, you know, to, to trade him to a team that could utilize him a little better and open up playing time for these next couple of guys. You know, I, I know we're getting close to an hour here, but basically the three guys we didn't mention, uh, Jacob Lou to one of them, Muscala, Usman Jang, he's going to get some early G League or G League minutes, which I'm, I'm pretty positive about. And then Aaron Wiggins, who looked fantastic in summer league but also played some really solid minutes for this team down the stretch. And again, just fits that St. Kenrich, that J-Dub mold, uh, kind of in between the two of them, right? And like, I think those are the next three guys, unless you guys disagree, uh, of the, of the no, three that we and didn't I get don't, to draft. I, I think those next three are spot on. Those are the next three in the pecking order. Um, I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about yep. those three tonight. Um, but I would agree they are going to get their their opportunities 
But again, I think on Christmas Day, if I log on to basketballreference.com, I go to the Thunder and I sort by minutes played per game. I think the top 10 probably sorts out pretty closely to what we have as our top 10 right here. Right? I think that's accurate. And and again, I could see Baisley playing the quote-unquote center off the bench because I... It's not like teams are charting out like insane backup centers, Mm-mm. dude. And if if they trot out somebody who wants to post up 15 times a game, it's 2022, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be my exactly. guest. Exactly. So we've got our 10 guys to recap. We've got Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Chet Holmgren, Trey Mann, Kenrich Williams. Jalen Williams, J-Dub, Alexei Pokashevsky, Darius Baisley. Ten guys total. I want to spend the last five minutes of the pod here mixing and matching those five guys. What are some interesting lineups that you're looking forward to see? Five-man lineups who are all five on the floor together. I will kickstart this one. One that I am interested in seeing. Chet, Baisley, Williams, Kenrich Williams, Lou Dort, J-Dub. Oh, my Ooh, gosh. They're deep, just going to dirty up the game. Congratulations. You got around Kenrich Williams and Lou Dort somehow got the shit beat out of you. There's three seconds left on the shot clock, and you're trying to get to the rim. Now, now you, you have to deal three with pet and monster arms, yeah. Trying to sling that yeah. thing up to Cloud City. That's a good one. That's my good one. That's my defensive dream lineup. For that's like game. the uh, that's that's like all team, all Thunder team, or first team, first Thunder team. However you want to phrase that, uh, all defensive team. That's yeah. That that's oof. that was my first one that I that just came to my mind. That would that's be really fun. Incredibly See, fun. I immediately went to, and this is where it gets fascinating, right? But like. Closing lineups, you need some versatility, but you really want offense. Games on the line. I'm thinking like maybe even two seasons from now. I'd love early on this season at least to see this lineup of Shea, Giddy, Lou, J-Dub, Chet. You're basically going death lineup for OKC. But what I'm curious about is like kind of going back to the same De- debate conversation we had when we were drafting players uh, to uh, in that bench lineup is like, is it J Dub? Is it Kenrich? Is it Aaron Wiggins? Is it Baisley? You know, like hey, who is that am, fourth player? I am putting up right now that that lineup that I had, uh, J Dub, Lou, Kenrich, Baisley, Chet. That lineup's the dog pound because they all got dogs in them. <laughs> the dog. Wait, we need to make T-shirts. The dog pound. Oh my god, I got that hey. dog in them. Sometimes these conversations just go too well, and I start thinking about the play-in. <laughs> I love it. Do you have a Do you have a well, lineup you're looking in? forward to, Silva? I do. I do. It's kind of, it kind of would be. Uh, it would be like the. I don't want to say antithesis. A, a, a nice contrast to the one you brought up, Jacob. It would be Shea, Trey Man, J Dub. Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet. So J-Dub at the four, Chet at the five, Trey Man, Dort, Shea. Let's space the floor, baby. Right. That's like... That's it. That's almost the antithesis of my lineup. Yes. There's some crossover, but it's almost the antithesis. That's like the all-offensive, all-juice lineup 
yeah. all self-creation lineup, yep. uh-huh. which is really fun. I think any lineup that has Shay and J-Dub is going to be really, really interesting uh, as far as... Um, creativeness, they, right? They, Offensive they, creativeness. they play so funky. Yep. You yeah. know? Um, it's, I don't know. It's just really fascinating. Another lineup I think a lot about is Chet, Baisley, Poku as your like three, four, five front court. Yeah. And then you throw out J dub and Shay in your back court and you just go like all wingspan. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Love that. Like you're the shortest guy on the, on the floor at that point is six, six. The tallest is seven, one. Uh, everyone has like, I don't know what Baisley's wingspan is, but I think everyone on that lineup would have like a plus four or a plus five wingspan. It's insane. Like just aren't you, that's like the steal the ball every possession lineup. You know. Also, longtime listener Kieran, miss you on Twitter by the way, Kieran. But good to see you in the YouTube stream. Uh, mentioned Giddy Jang. Jang, I, I bring this one up because Jang's just a player. Uh, we don't have time tonight. We have all off season to talk about him, but very very interesting especially with mm-hmm. his upside how he develops this season but giddy jang poku basely chet tallest lineup ever that's that's yeah, absurd that nuts that, the shortest guy in that lineup six eight that's absurd i'm not i'm not totally convinced josh is six eight. Oh, if I, you told me his he's six foot he's nine or in. six foot ten i wouldn't call you a liar agreed actually um, that i've Lineups, yeah, lineups with like Shay, J Dub, and Josh in them. Just incredibly funky pace. Really unorthodox, play their own style. Uh, You throw a Chet and even like a JRE in that lineup, Um, or you throw hell, you throw Trey Man, Shay, Trey Man, J Dub, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren. That's a ton of guys who first switch on a screen, you just isolate and go. That that lineup really honestly reminds me a bit of the three-point guard lineup in the bubble. Mm-hmm. The Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Just get the the isolation mismatch you want and then just cook, go one on one. All but five of those versatile, guys can do that. Right. Yeah. Like versatile, yeah. more versatile offensively, I would argue, and and obviously defensively as well. Like, I think that's kind of the theme we're coming to here. I love the point that you made, Jacob, about like your quote unquote all defensive lineup compared to Silva's all offensive lineup. But guess what? There's like at least three of those starting five. Yeah, it's, that it's all crossover. It's amazing. Yeah. That, like, that just goes to the point of what Presti is trying to build here. Yeah. And, and it's, here's it's the fascinating. Thing. You think back to Shea Gilgis Alexander's rookie season out with the Los Angeles Clippers. Like, I would encourage our listeners. Go on YouTube and look up SGA rookie season like playoff minutes against Golden State. Like they were throwing him on the toughest matchups because he was an absolute menace in pick and roll defense. And if Shea can take a step back offensively, like when I say take a step back, I mean like not be as good, but I mean less of the load, mm-hmm. not not control so many possessions and let Josh and J-Dub and Chet and all these other guys do that, Trey, and buy in 10% more on defense, he could be an animal. And then you're talking a team that's got crazy defensive versatility. I mean, 
if you look back to the bubble, they had Shea guarding like Paul George. Yeah. Paul George is going to play the four this year. Like you, if Shea could be we, a little better defensively, you just have the craziest, like maybe the most versatile lineup in the NBA. I'm not saying the best lineup. I'm not saying like a playoff lineup, but just as far as guys that can fill any sort of role you need them to. Well, we when we talk about Giddy, I mean, and not even just us, you listeners listen to other Thunder podcasts, they read articles, even nationally, like Giddy's in regards to players that he can guard long term if he continues to work on his strength and his his lateral quickness. I mean, he'll be guarding fours, right? Hopefully. That's the hope. Yeah. Not for it's quote unquote point guard. Like that. Very clear the way that they're trying to build this team. I think our 10-man rotation that we put together tonight is a really fun one. And Taylor, like you mentioned, we didn't talk about Lil Usi. Usman Jang. The Jang gang. Oh, Jang Usman. So lots of lots of really interesting stuff. We need to make a Oos got the juice shirt, I think. The Oos is loose. The Oos on the loose. <laughs> Awesome. You guys have any more Dr. thoughts? Oose. You guys have any more thoughts on uh on lineups before we get out of here? That was really fun. That was really fun. Really, really yeah. fun. Yeah. Like, good as I, I think. I, yeah. yeah. I, gotta the, I gotta reel in my own hype for sure. I mean, <laughs> are we thinking to fall like into that. fifth, sixth seed for the season? Home court just <laughs> in the Western Conference or home court through the finals? Yeah, right. I think right. where we're at now. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, the live chat for an August 3rd off-season pod. Absolutely rolling, so we really appreciate that. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to The Uncontested. We're going to keep coming your way. We got more shows all off-season long. Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Those are both central time. Make sure to sub to the YouTube channel. Be on the lookout on social media. We're going to be dropping those hat pre-orders you guys need to hop on there. Get your hats ordered. They're going to be awesome. Straight up, I know half the team wasn't on the pod tonight. I don't care. I'm making the executive decision as CEO of the Uncontested. Free beers for everyone who wears an Uncontested hat or an Uncontested shirt to the watch party whenever the season starts. So go get your Uncontested gear. We would uh, We would love that. We'll be back to you guys again Sunday. No Twitter spaces this Friday night. We're just taking a little bit of a hiatus. Not a lot to talk about. So we'll be with you guys Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central Time. Have a great end of your week. We will chat with you soon. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up! I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.